With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on The Horn. Hour two on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. Talked a little Texas basketball, a lot of Texas basketball. We'll get back to it. I'm going to try and take it off in this segment. We'll get back to it next segment. Uh, Talk some women's basketball as well. They're doing good. Give them a shout on the tech sign. Number three in the country right now. Uh, we got to a little base baseball as well. I see we got a text about that. I'll get to that in just one second. Uh, and then uh, and we'll get into this hour. We'll get into some NFL talk. Big fat poll today today. Where will Russell Wilson end up next season? Talk a little bit about that. Talk some NBA as well as the second half of the season is kicking off. Uh, talk about the Texas teams and where they're at right now uh, after another weekend of NBA action. Text lines open 512-447-3776. If you want to jump in the conversation, we'll get to that. I do want to hit one real quick, though, uh, because uh, I saw this one and I want to get to it, but I don't want to pair it in with all the negativity. But Dexter says, uh, no Tanner Witt start on Saturday for uh, or start on Sunday for Texas baseball. Is he hurt again? I do not believe he's hurt again. Uh, I did not see anything that said he was hurt again. We do know that his performance in Sunday starting uh, last weekend was less than be desired. He had a decent first inning, uh, comes out in that second and cannot get out of trouble in the second inning. Gets pulled for Cody Howard, who started for them Sunday this week. Uh, and he was able to get it done. It seems like with David Pierce being the pitching coach himself this season, he that first weekend, it was a big emphasis to him because he pulled a lot of guys early and really set the tone. I don't care about how good that, that ball four was. I This is about getting strikes. This is about getting out of innings and not pushing yourself too hard by trying to throw so many balls that are close to around the strike zone. You have to get strikes that guys miss. You have to confuse them. And it just seems like they, in game one, kind of slipped back to old ways. He didn't like that. He pulled a lot of guys early week one. Week two, the guys that stayed in there, we gave you those numbers earlier. I pulled my notes back out. Uh, you had two walks uh, from Baron Johnson in eight innings on Friday. You had one walk uh, by Charlie Hurley in six innings on Saturday, and no walks by Cody Howard on Sunday in five innings. I think that number, uh, you know, and they didn't allow a run either. Uh, There's a few hits in some of those games, but they didn't allow runs, and they weren't throwing a lot of walks, uh, a lot of balls and a lot of walks. Tanner Witt threw a lot. I will be interested to see if he's part of the Tuesday lineup or if they thought it was something about when he came back out of the dugout that he, you know, after that first inning for Texas and when he went down in the dugout after pitching, came back out. If that was an issue uh, where something didn't feel right and that's why he sat out, uh, they haven't said anything publicly, but I, I'd be curious to see if he does, if he plays it all on Tuesday or if they're saving him uh, for the tournament on uh, in Houston. But I, I think it was much more about wanting to get those guys back into throwing strikes 
and he just wasn't able to do that in the second inning last week. I, I believe he'll come back and be able to get it going. Uh, it just seemed that what David Pierce wanted, and we talk about it with RT, about benching somebody because now they're not doing what you want, that's kind of the same thing. Cody Howard did what he wanted. Tanner Witt didn't, so he went ahead and pulled the plug and said, okay, we're going to reset this and get him to do what he wants him to do. I don't think it'll be a long term. This is why you want to deal with this stuff early in the season. He's dealing with it early, and their ERA was really, really good over the weekend. That's zero ERA, team ERA. It's pretty good over a weekend. Uh, but I appreciate that one there. Uh, talk a little Texas baseball here on a, on a Monday. Uh, a little NFL talk. We'll get back to the text line in just a minute. A uh, couple notes around the NFL. We saw that Eric Bieniemy. we've talked about him leaving the, tri- the Commanders. Uh, he's came out and said now that he chose to leave the commanders. It was his choice. Now he didn't say whether or not he could have stayed the offensive coordinator or co-offensive coordinator or whatever the piece was, but apparently they asked him, he said he wasn't going to be part of the new regime, uh, for the, uh, for the commanders. He was okay with walking away. He walked away. He is now taking over. I haven't seen it official, but he's taking over as the offensive coordinator for UCLA after Chip Kelly leaves the head coaching position to go take the offensive coordinator position at Ohio State, Enemy uh, is going to step into that offensive coordinator position and run the offense for UCLA next season. We don't see a lot of guys going back into college, but I think Eric Enemy realized that he has to keep coaching, and he didn't necessarily want to step back down from being an offensive coordinator, so he's going to go do that. It's an interesting move. Uh, I, my guess is he's going to be a, you know, He's going to be trying to get back in the NFL as an offensive coordinator next season. Uh, but but an interesting move. I did not see that coming. We know that most jobs were done, and that was one where he was able to come back and uh, get an offensive coordinator position. So we went from Chip Kelly to Eric Bieniemy as running your offense in uh, in, uh, in UCLA. I, that's not a bad hire for UCLA. You know, where you keep get another NFL guy and somebody who's worked with, you know, championship-winning players and, and Super Bowl-winning players. Uh, good look there. Uh, franchise tag uh, starting out, I believe they have till March 5th. They could have started on the 20th. Franchise tags have to be given out before March 5th. Uh, we have seen the reports that running backs last year were franchise tagged. Everyone who did felt like kind of an idiot because the running back market bottomed out and no one was really getting signed for big money. Uh, so they're saying now the reports are that Saquon Barkley, uh, Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, all of those guys uh, – are looking like no one is going to be franchise tagged. This is Austin Eckler, that all those guys are not going to be franchise tagged and they can kind of go where they want to go. Uh, so there could be a pretty deep running back market because there was basically two free agent classes. Now, the guys that were coming up this year and the guys who were franchised last year uh, that should be available at running back, and that's what we talked about with the Texans on, on Hook'em Up Replay there about Saquon Barkley is projected to go to the Texans right now because they have the most money and could really, really use a running back. But it's also good news for the Cowboys. There's going to be a lot of guys out there, and the market doesn't appear to be that it's going to be going that great. We've seen a couple names already pop up for franchise tags. T. Higgins is the only one that we've seen officially. His number is going to be about 21.8 for a wide receiver, uh, but he is looking like he is going to be fra- he, he is officially going to be franchise tagged. They understand they have to keep a T. Higgins on that roster uh, to get them where they want to be, and with Joe Burrow and his injuries and what they what they're trying to do, you know, you don't want to try and rebuild after you've already kind of built it, and you have this window that you're kind of trying to fit into, and uh, to lose that is going to be tough. But you know, when you do that, you got to take off from other pieces, and 
We'll see if that defense can stay as strong as you're, you're now paying T. Higgins about $21 million. Hopefully, you know, he could still hold out. He could not sign the offer sheet. They're going to try and get a long-term deal done. Uh, but we know that he was kind of getting ready to walk away from this team uh, before, this free, uh, before the franchise tag happened. Uh, reported franchise tags, Antoine Winfield from Tampa Bay. He's a safety. Uh, he'll be about $17 million. He's reported to be franchise tagged and Brian Burns from Carolina they got the money to franchise tag him try and bring him back long term hopefully be a better team next year and uh, get him to have a little bit more pride in being a a Panther and he would come back uh, to that team those are the other ones reported there's not a belief that the Texans or Cowboys will franchise tag anybody Uh, the Texans have a little bit more room to do it if they wanted to uh, because of the cap space they have but the rumors, the reports are that neither team uh, plans to do it. The Texans have the money to go sign people, so they probably won't be in the franchise tag as much. And the Cowboys trying to clear some cap space. The guys that they would franchise tag, you're not going to franchise tag Biotish because it'd be too expensive. You're not going to franchise tag Tyler Smith, Tyron Smith because it'd be way, way too expensive to franchise tag him. Uh, Tony Pollard, you're not going to do again. So a lot of the free agents they have are, you know, you're not, you're, you'd be pay, overpaying them to franchise tag them. So don't look for any tags from the Cowboys for sure. Texans are probably in that same boat that you'd overpay for anybody uh, to franchise tag them of guys that, that you know, they can try and get a, re- a reasonable deal done anyway. Uh, and then I want to talk about Russell Wilson. And we'll get back to the tech sign. We'll go back to some NBA. How about that? Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, I it was interesting because over the weekend, uh, you know, you're just kind of keeping up with sports and you're watching stuff and you're, che- you know, checking your timeline, seeing what's happening. And I kept seeing stuff about Russell Wilson, whether it was uh, him and his wife or whether it was the Broncos and then the rumor that the Broncos are not done. You know, there's, there's rumors that they, you know, well, you know, if we, you know, we've looked at all the options at quarterback and maybe Russell Wilson would bring him back. We know he's pretty good. And. That well, we we know that he'd be a starter and he'd get that, and you start to see all the Russell Wilson spin and the you know the the hype machine trying to push out the the years of positivity he had and the the good numbers that he had because he did had some decent numbers. They just were usually when they were playing from behind. He got those Philip Rivers numbers uh, to come in. That you're starting to see the spin world, and you're seeing the spin world on everybody. Mac Jones is about to have the spin world on him, and everybody where guys don't want to have them. Kenny Pickett. Now reports are Kenny Pickett's definitely going to be the starter next year for the Steelers because they want to raise value of all these guys. And, you know, what did we say last year? The Cowboys did it wrong with Amari Cooper. That The Cowboys, when they let go of Amari Cooper, they walked out first and said, uh, well, if we don't trade for if no one wants to trade for him, we're going to cut him. And then they got the lowest bidder uh, to go out there. And what the reality is, you know, what they did was they put the couch out on the curb and then to ask for or best offer. It's like, well, I'm just going to take it off the curb, man. And they did that. And someone said, well, if you bring it back in the house, we'll give you, we'll give you five bucks for that couch. That's what you did for Amari Cooper. You can't do that if you're, if you're trying to get rid of Russell Wilson because his price is way too high. And I mean, his salary cap number and all of that. So you don't want to necessarily bring him into your team. You'd like for him to get released and then you can bring him in a little bit cheaper. But I want to know what you guys think about now the spin machine's going and there aren't all the quarterbacks. And maybe even if you're going to take a quarterback in the draft, you may be taking a J.J. McCarthy who you're not sure is going to be starting year one in the NFL. Or you're going to take somebody a little bit later, a Bo Nix, who's a little bit older, but you may say, well, I don't know if we want to just kind of have an insurance policy for a Bo Nix or a Michael Penix or somebody like that. Give them a veteran to work with. Do we want to bring in Russell Wilson? 
And it's starting to look. So I think there's – I have six teams that I think we're being – because we're not going to say the Bears. The Bears have the world in their hands right now with the number one pick in Justin Fields. They're not going to take it. We won't say the Commanders. They have the number two pick. They're going to get their quarterback too. Uh, I, I will say the Patriots because I think the Patriots need so many things because they've just been built in that Patriots mode for so long of we're not going to overspend, we're not going to go out and get these guys, and you just got so many guys in the Patriots way that you really need to start building your new culture and your new way of the Patriots so they could be someone to reach out and say, well, let's not take a quarterback at the number three spot. Let's either trade down and get as many players as we can or take uh, Mike uh, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., and take him, and we'll get our best wide receiver, and you know we'll piece it together for a season. But we need to get more picks. We don't need a quarterback right now because we're going to put him in the same position they put Bryce Young in in Carolina. Uh, so I think the Patriots are somebody they may go to. The Steelers are an interesting one because we know the Steelers are probably not interested in giving up the haul to go get a top quarterback in the draft. But we also know they may want a insurance policy for Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett. And if they can get you know, a, a Russell Wilson at a cheap price, maybe that's somebody you can stick in and ask him to not do a whole lot. Uh, and Mike Tomlin feels that he can uh, put the culture on him like uh, Pete Carroll had done in in Seattle and get the best out of him. And, you know, they're talking about Justin Fields. They're talking about getting guys that are already in the league. They don't seem to be uh, fully on giving up on the Kenny Pickett experience already to go for another rookie they'd like to bring in somebody else and then if Kenny Pickett doesn't work early on you can go to that the Raiders they're in a position where they'd love to draft somebody but are they going to get somebody who can start right away they want to compete they want to go after it uh does Antonio Pierce feel he could make Russell Wilson a good enough player do they feel like that's the guy he's definitely better than Jimmy Garoppolo you know as bad as we can say he's better than Aiden O'Connell and Jimmy Garoppolo so he may be going to start there the Vikings they're in the situation we saw uh Kirk Cousins show workout videos, but are they going to re-sign him or do they let him walk and just try and bring in a a fit for a young guy, maybe bring in a rookie, uh, draft one in the second or third round and have somebody that they can train up, but then have Russell Wilson as a stopgap where they don't have to necessarily give him that Kirk Cousins contract. The Falcons, we know, would love to get something better, but if they can't get anything better, do they end up with Russell Wilson? And the Panthers, just as a piece that you say, can we bring in somebody else for insurance? Because Bryce Young's getting beat up every game. Do we have somebody to bring in for insurance? We have the cap room, too. We have some space. We're trying to clean things up. Maybe we'll get this guy on our books for a little bit, and then we'll clear him off. Uh, but as we're rebuilding and drafting and kind of already somewhat tanking, uh, we can just go ahead and and not give up too much. Maybe even get a – maybe try and do that old uh, – Brock Osweiler trade the, the Texans did and say, we'll take Russell Wilson and his salary and we'll pay him, uh, but we want a second-round pick or a third-round pick from the Broncos. We want you to admit your mistake, give us a player, do the NBA trade, uh, and take on the salary. That's something I could see the Panthers at least broaching the subject uh, with a millionaire owner, or billionaire, sorry, billionaire owner, one of the richer owners in the, uh, in the NFL. Uh, you could see that maybe, that maybe he'd want to go for it. But I'd like to know what you think on the on the big fat poll of the day, the question of the day on the text line. Who does Russell Wilson play for next season? Because I saw that spin all weekend. I thought it was funny that Russell Wilson all season long was one of the worst players in the NFL, and his career is over, and no one should touch him. And the Broncos say they, they want to take a pay cut or they're going to cut him. And now, well, you know, maybe he'll start for us next year. Hey, this guy's pretty good. Oh, what a class guy. No one does it like Russell. I thought that was pretty funny. 
Uh, text lines open. We'd love to have you on there. 512-447-3776. Oh, some more hate for the Longhorns on here. Our Longhorns main team. Uh, I just saw Max's jumper on a milk carton. Get to, get to the free throw line, man. Get to the free throw line. Uh, I wish we'd hired Jay Wright. Jay Wright's like 64, 60. I, I don't know if Jay Wright is a long-term solution for the Longhorns, and I think they should be trying to find a long-term solution. Uh, you know, when you look at, you know, the consistency Rick Barnes had, he was never, you know, elite, didn't win a national championship. And I know that's what people want. I don't know if Jay Wright would want to come here for more than two or three years and, you know, really rebuild a program, uh, in his image. And I think you'd rather find somebody who wants to build in their image. Uh, so I'm not sure that would be the guy to go to. I think he's a good coach, but I don't know, dragging somebody out of retirement for money instead of him really wanting to do it. I don't know if that works out the way you want it to, because if it's just the money for him, he's not going to be doing the amount of work that you have to do to be really successful. Uh, he says, these fans will complain about any coach. They complained about Sark. It's true. Everybody, yes. There was plenty of people who said Sark was the worst hire that we've ever done. It was only because we couldn't get Saban. We should have hired Saban, even though he was clearly not coming. Uh, and we shouldn't have Sark, and now they like him. So it is what it is. I get that. I'm just defending. I, I love basketball. I'll defend it. I'll talk about it. My man Chan says, uh, Max A is a liability presently, not scoring and turning over the ball and not defending well. Uh, it's unacceptable. Max A not attacking the paint. Uh, let me look. He says, how many turnovers did he have? I have the this, this stat sheet in front of me. Max A. Smith, four turnovers in that game as well. Not a great number for Max A. Smith there either. Uh, should we bench him and start Chris J? No. No, we should not. Uh, and if I was RT, I'd bench Max A if he continues to not attack a paint. And then, yeah, some Yacht Rock for you as well there. No, and I took, and when I say bench Max Aceman, I'm not saying as a starter. I'm saying you tell him what you want him to do in the locker room and you tell him what you want to do at practice. And when he comes out and does not do those things and does not show effort on defense, you pull him out of the game and you sit him back down and you say, all right, we want you to do this. And then you put him back in. He's still a more talented player and has more potential to be a great player for Texas than a lot of the guys on the bench. You're not deep enough to really be able to pull him and not play him at all. Because he does, and you'll get way more turnovers. Four turnovers for, for Max A. Smith. If you play Chris Johnson 35 minutes right now, he'll have eight or nine turnovers because they're going to attack him right away. So you can't put the young guys out there in that situation, especially not late in the season. Uh, but I would. I, I pinch him a little bit more. I play Kendall Weaver. He's only playing about 18 minutes a game uh, because they're, they're trying to give him more space. The same thing they did with Dylan Mitchell early in the year where they were giving him the three and they're giving him those pieces. They're starting to do to Kendall Weaver now. Uh, and so Rodney's playing him a little bit less because they need the offense and they're sagging off of Kendall Weaver more and more. And so you want you need the defense, but you need that kind of mixed game. I think next season Kendall Weaver is going to be a lot of good. Jimmy the Gringo says, also Weaver is the main reason I still believe the kid is the definition of a hooper to me. Loves every part of the game of basketball. Love that. And he says, says uh, I can't agree with you more except that we, the football school, I'd say we're a swimming and diving school. But you're right. It would be hard to bring in a good coach to Texas just because of the football culture of Texas. Viva RT, I still believe. I appreciate that, Jimmy the Gringo. And look, and winning-wise, yeah, we're swimming and diving. We're do- but if you say, where is the money? Where does everybody want? What is, what is going to be on TV of when you're watching who's promoting, who's getting the biggest NIL deals, who's getting – and when I say NIL, I don't mean you know the money that's – kind of, you know, for showing up at events. I mean, in commercials. And the guys who want it, you know, businesses want to advertise with. That's a football team. And that's, you know, Dylan DeSue is playing great basketball. Brock Cunningham is the glue guy. And both those guys are not necessarily getting that as much as football players will because it is a football school. 
Uh, let's see. Dave Ramsey said, went to both uh, softball and baseball games Friday and Saturday. CDC is A-plus with the fan experience. Yeti R was a frat party Friday night. Softball field needs a scoreboard or small video board on the wall on top of their training center because fans sitting in center field can't see the scoreboard. All right. I'll take your word. I haven't been to the softball field in a little bit. Uh, I've been out there a few times, but I have not been out there in a little bit. So I, I believe that. I could believe that a, a, a with that because that softball team is going to be really good again this season. They're good every year. Uh, so, you know, CDC is working on it. He's getting that fan experience up there. I know last season uh, there were some issues getting parts in uh, for the boards in, in, in baseball, and I know they were upset about it, but I'm glad that they've, they've gotten that a little bit better as well. Uh, let's see. Tech says, so did I miss your retraction of your statement that the UT men's basketball team was never a dumpster fire this season or they're no longer on the bubble? They're not on the bubble right now. As much as I, I get it, they're not. Uh, they're they're still in. Uh, I know that's crazy for everybody to believe, but the Big 12 is that good uh, that they're in right now. Uh, they're, they, now, if they lose to Texas Tech, it'll get a little bit closer. But if they win the rest of their home games, they're pretty close to in. Uh, the question will be if the committee sees it differently. But every bracketology I'm looking at, every bubble watch I'm looking at, they're in right now. They're in. Uh, they're not locks, but they're in. So they can't, and you know, you can't lose the first round of the Big 12 tournament, those types of things. And, and they're not a dumpster fire. They're playing really bad. But a dumpster fire, like y'all, y'all's dumpster fires. Y'all need to find a real dumpster fire. I've been a part of real dumpster fires. Real dumpster fires are, oh my God. We just played the worst team in the like we we lost like we were under five hundred non conference. That's a dumpster fire. But we're playing in the Big Twelve. We're not a dumpster fire. I know. I know. You're just hating. I know. I know. And so no retraction. No retraction. Uh, they have not gotten better. No improvement is coaching. It's it's sometimes coaching. It's also we played in the Big Twelve. <laughs> like that's one of the things. And there was also issues of Dylan DeSue not coming in. Uh, and then him getting in the lineup. And there, there's been issues, and certain guys have improved. Uh, Kendall Weaver has definitely improved. Dylan DeSue is actually playing pretty good basketball. Dylan Mitchell is doing certain things better. The team as a whole is not improving, but that's also because the guard play has been pretty abysmal the last two and a half weeks. And, it, you know, they just don't have the other guards put in there. They don't have the scoring. They haven't been able to find it. And that's been an issue. I, I get that RT is not having his best coaching year. But, you know, I I think that there's that part of it was they were expecting to have guys that could score. And when you say Max Aismith, man, we get 30 a game out of him, and he's never gotten close to that number. And in reality, you can't even get 10 out of him anymore. That's going to be a pretty big hit on your team. And I know we can say, well, that's coaching. It's not. That's Max Aismith not going to the free throw line. And, yes, he should be doing it. I get Rodney Terry should be benching him, but you can't do that all the time. Uh Dexter says, get Sam from Indy, then Jones from New England, draft a QB, and there's your QB room in Atlanta. I Look, I'm a Sam Ellinger fan, too. Uh, I, I I don't know. Cause Indy's always been that weird place because he's Ursay's a big fan of him, so it's been hard to get him uh, to get him out. But that is – I'm not against it. I'm not against it, uh, getting him to move somewhere where he may get a start now that uh, Anthony Richardson's there. Uh, Gardner Minshew's a free agent, though, too, so I don't know if he'll be moved back up in that second. We'll see where he ends up with Sam uh, and his contract will be coming up soon enough. He could probably go pick a place where he wants to go as well. Text Jordan from Round Rock says basketball is a liability for the athletic department. No one cares. People care. That's why they're texting in, man. I care. If the booty center's packed, people are cheering. People care, Jordan. You just don't care. Can't say people. You you misspelled you. You don't care. No one cares. You don't care. Come on now. Uh, text. But this also again, my point though of this is a football school. 
is that people will go on and go, nobody cares. Of course, people care. Uh, a little NBA talk. We're going to take it to a break. I do want to hit a couple points. Uh, Spurs dropped two over the weekend. A close one against the Lakers, 123-118 to uh, against the Lakers on on Friday. On Sunday, they lose to Jazz, 128-109. to Not a great game at all there. Against the Lakers, Wimby puts up a a uh, – a five and five, I think they called it. Twenty-seven points, ten rebounds, eight uh, eight assists, five blocks, five steals. That guy is going to be amazing in a few years. Uh, against the Jazz, they just could not score the ball in the first half. Uh, this is an interesting point, though. If you're keeping up with the Spurs, this is kind of looks like the breaking point for them on the road. When you're reading their body language, when you're reading uh, how they went, you know they had the All Star weekend at the time off. I think they thought they were going to come back and come back with a you know from ferocity. And then they go against the Lakers and you know don't necessarily get the calls they want. LeBron and AD are getting what they want. Uh, so they have that issue. They're not happy with the end of the game. And then they come out and don't play well against the Jazz. The body language seems to be down right now. But this is what the rodeo road trip is. It, it breaks you and it makes you better if you can be better. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting point to see how they come out of these next few uh, games in the next couple of weeks. Uh, if they can come out and start playing at a much higher level, or not much higher, but a higher level as the season continues on. Uh, we also saw the Rockets. Uh, they get a win on Friday against the Suns, one fourteen to one ten. Uh, they allow Ball Ball twenty five points and fourteen rebounds in that game, which is crazy. Uh, but they have a lot of guys: uh, Jabari Smith Jr., Alperen Shingun, uh, Van Vliet, uh, Green, Jalen Green, uh, Amin Thompson, uh, and Cam Whitmore. All have double digit points. They share the ball on Sunday. They then have all those guys, except it's not Amon Thompson. It's Dylan Brooks. So many players in double digits sharing the ball around. The problem is they lose to the Thunder 123 to 110. Too many points in the paint. Holmgren goes off for 29 points. Uh, Alperen Shingun is playing great offensively. They got to figure out how to get him to play a little bit better defensively because right now he is just a sieve, and guys with big guys are going in and scoring a lot on Alperen Shingun. We also saw the Mavericks lose to the Pacers 133 to 111. This is, you know, this was what you have to worry about. The Pacers were able to go inside. Miles Turner gets 33 points in the game. Uh, they win 48 to 36 points in the paint for the uh, the Pacers. Uh, they're going to attack, and this was not the best game for Gafford in Washington and and Derek Lively. So you want to see those guys get better and better as the season goes on. We know that's going to be an issue, uh, but you have to add that points in the paint for this Mavs team. They have to start playing better defense for the Rockets and for the for the Mavs. You have to start cleaning up. Points in the paint. Uh, that's why they brought in Gafford. That's you know what they're hoping with PJ Washington. So we'll see if those guys are able to start picking that up a little bit better. There's a little NBA update. No Texas teams playing tonight. They'll be in action again on Tuesday. So we'll get into that more tomorrow. All right. Text line still open five one two four four seven three seven seven six. Where will Russell Wilson end up next season? Is he going to be starting? Is he coming off the bench? Is he? See there, rental. What do you think that is? Send that on the text line, 512-447-3776. And I'm sure we'll talk more on Rodney Terry, too, because that's what you guys want to talk about. We'll talk about it. Whatever you guys want to talk about, you guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails, so keep it coming. We'll come back, hit that, go behind the burn orange curtain. We come back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. 
Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on The Horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. Text lines open 512-447-3776. Let's try and hit a couple more of those, and we're going to go behind the burnt orange curtain uh, with Rob Babers. Let's hit, see if I can find some stuff. Uh, Jimmy the Gringo says, as for poll, as far as poll of the day, I pray Wilson doesn't go to the Raiders just because of the culture he brings with him. I think he'll be in Atlanta at the beginning of the season, and they won't run the ball for Bijan, and they'll run the ball for Bijan for 2K in rushing in 2025. I think they will. I think they're gonna. I think Atlanta's gonna swing big. Remember, Atlanta was gonna go big for Deshaun Watson. Uh, they just did not want to give him that fully guaranteed contract that turned out to be a bust. But they were offering, uh, I believe, one of the best packages. Uh, for Deshaun Watson to the to the the Texans, so as you know, I, I could I think they're going to make a huge deal. I think they're getting Justin Fields as the number or one of the top three picks. I would venture to guess, uh, but they may not, and they may have to go somewhere else. But I think they're going to try and make a deal for somebody other than Russell Wilson. Now they may not end up there, but I don't know. I don't think they want to necessarily get in that as much. They might though. Because you just, you know, you could be dead on and they could mess up and not get whatever they want, not offer enough, and then offer way too much for Russell Wilson and bring him in for a couple of years. But yeah, hopefully that would mean they run the ball a lot, a lot. Dex says, I really like the two man game with DeSue and Aismas. Is there a reason why we've gone away from it offensively? Uh, yes. Be- well, for a couple of reasons. One was they've started to ball deny Max Aismas a lot more. Uh, but in two, it's. When, when everything went to that, basically everyone collapsed onto those two. And they had an issue that Dylan Mitchell couldn't hit a three, and now Kendall Weaver can't really hit a three. Uh, and then, you know, you're going to Tyrese Hunter, which, you know, he shot, what, three for six in the game or something like that. He he shot 50%, but, he you know, he hasn't been shooting threes at that level. And so many guys were sagging off into that, that two-man game because that's their whole offense. That they're trying to spread them out a little bit more. Uh, and when Dylan Asu has the ball, they're trying to push Max Aismas further away to kind of pull the defense to, to, to shadow him. Even though he's not hitting, he's still getting the respect that people know that if they do leave him open enough, he, he'll start hitting shots. So they're just shadowing him and ball denying him. But it's really that everyone was kind of bleeding over, and so they were getting more and more turnovers. Uh, it just – the whole – court condensed up when they were doing it and so I think they tried to get away from it they may have to go back and try and go for it again uh, but uh, Bevo JK says Patrick you better update your bracketology Palm has Texas out this morning and Lonardi has them last four in okay so I didn't see it this morning I, I've seen it so far they've been in I, I think they're still in as of right now uh, from everything we've seen they're still in as of right now but I, they have to win their two home games and they have to you know win a game at least in the Big 12 tournament. They lose in the first round of the Big 12 tournament? Yeah. And if they lose a home game? Yeah. I don't think they're going to be in. Uh but I I do not necessarily have them as as bad with that. Uh Texter says, "Dude, we can't even win in the NIT. That's a dumpster fire. We're not But we're not playing in the NIT. How do you know if you can't win in the NIT?" I don't know if you 
You say we can't even win. Are you saying the Texas basketball in general, the last 50 years of Texas basketball has been a dumpster fire? I don't know if I'd say. Again, dumpster fire, again, dumpster fire means you are like dumpster fires are really bad. There's a lot of schools that have it. For you can say a Texas dumpster fire that if we're not a, you know, if we're not the third best team in the country. I, I I don't I don't go with that because I watch enough other basketball teams that are dumpster fires and watch enough other sports and other college sports that are dumpster fires. This is not one. Uh, my question is, what would this team look like if they were already in the SEC? Uh, they would be, yeah, they'd be above 500 in conference play. That's for sure. They'd be a much better team uh, ranking-wise if they were in there. They're just they're having a hard time matching up with a lot of these teams that play more physical, and they're just not playing physical enough. Uh, Ardo says, uh, thanks for keeping the show on the rails because I am on the Cat Metro rails when I'm listening on the sports complex. We're all keeping it on the rails, Ardo. We're all keeping it on the rails. Uh, let's go ahead and go on there, Bernard's Curtain. We'll come back. Uh, get to the end of the text messages. If you got some more, send those in. But I want to go behind the burn on screen with the hook em up replay here on the Sports Complex. All right, everybody's excited about the Combine coming up later this week, and we're going to do a lot of uh, discussion about the Combine too, breaking down uh, you know, what each Longhorn needs to uh, showcase at the Combine, how they can improve their draft stack. I actually think most of the Longhorns, are going to improve their draft stock after the combine. Uh, Byron Murphy is probably uh, the best example. He is um, top Longhorn on most people's boards. I would say almost every board. I haven't seen a board, a uh, big board, which is the ranking of all the players. I haven't seen a big board where he's not the top player on the board overall. And even Bruce Feldman. Remember prior to the season, Bruce Feldman had his freaks list. Uh, where he basically has a list of the freakiest athletes in college football. Byron Murphy made the list. Um, the write-up was the Longhorns have gotten a lot better in the trenches on Steve Sarkeesian's watch, and the 6'1", 308-pounder is a good example why the junior who had 26 tackles, three tackles for loss last year has been – this is prior to the season, right? Uh, this has been clocked at 18 miles per hour on the GPS <laughs> and had a team-best 455-pound front squat – and power clean 375 pounds. He said he could have gone heavier, but Tory Becton, the strength coach, shut him down. Um, Becton says Murphy could have gotten 500 on the front squat and 405 in the power clean before they shut him down. And when uh, <laughs> I believe when he was asked about who's the strongest guy on the team, um, Byron Murphy said, uh, it's me. <laughs> just me. He's, he's, he's like, they were like, who's the strongest guy on the team? By Mervin, he was like, well, he believes he's the strongest guy on the team. He said, squat, bench. I think it's me. He said, I just go in there and lift, lift, lift until I can't no more. That's probably why Coach Beckton shut up down. He's like, dude, no, you need to shut down. There's no well, reason for you to be just power clinging. You know, 400 pounds. We good. Yeah, that's why Byron Murphy's shooting up draft boards because, you know, people watch him on film, and as we heard from uh, Matt Miller, the NFL draft scout, you know, he was playing uh, on top of a tackle a lot of times last year in that three-down line yeah, they had with a, yeah. Devondre Sweat next to him. Basically playing a three-technique a lot so, of the time. Which is not what he's going to be doing in the NFL, right? He's going to be at the center, you know, point of attack there. And, you know, so, so you, you like the projection of, of we get him into, into a normal NFL spot, and then – He's relentless, Rod. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't stop. Great motor. The motor is great motor. Unbelievable. Yeah. And you, it sounds like even in the weight room, like he doesn't. Yes. I mean, his his work ethic is off the charts. And I think I think being Sark used to talk about him being one of the leaders in their locker room. Right. He and Tavondre Sweat policed the locker room this mm-hmm. year. Uh, and I think Tavondre learned a lot from Byron Murphy watching him work. I mean, that's oh, really what it takes. Because Tavondre's question was, 
Now, could he could he play with the engine every uh, every yes, snap? That is still kind of the issue. Yeah, right? and Byron Murphy. There's never a, there's never a playoff for that guy. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Uh, he does have a great motor. And Dane Brugler's had a little bit of a man crush on Byron Murphy, even going back to probably late last year. He started tweeting about Byron Murphy. Um, he uh, has a freaks list too, apparently that he puts out there. Basically, fifteen prospects who he can't wait to see in testing Indy. And he said, uh, "Freak Byron Murphy ready to put on the show." Uh, he said his evolution from running back, linebacker to freakish D line, um, having there what the, what basically his goals are. So Dane Brugler big on Byron Murphy too. But anyway, getting back to uh, what I initially wanted to talk about, Pro Football Focus. Uh, they did their overall big board. They ranked all the different. Uh, prospects coming out in the draft, and they did them regardless of position and regardless of need, team. They just had their big board. They ranked 10 of the 11 Longhorns who are going to the combine. They had Byron Murphy as their top Longhorn on their big board. He's 12th on their big board, so they got him as the 12th best player overall coming out in this draft. They got A.D. Mitchell, 37th. Um, overall, that's why people talk about the A.D. Mitchell sneaking into the first round, the back of it. They're gonna, it's going to be like six or seven wide receivers drafted. Can he be among those top six or seven wide receivers drafted? A lot of that will depend on his straightaway speed. Uh, they got Xavier Worthy. Uh, sorry, they got J.T. Sanders, excuse me, ahead of him. They got J.T. Sanders at 41st. So they got J.T. Sanders 41 uh, as the 41st uh, ranked player overall. They got Xavier Worthy 49th. Uh, overall uh, player on their big board. Jonathan Brooks, they got it 59. Remember I told you the second round for Longhorns is expected to be the boom round for Texas, especially if there's only one Longhorn draft in the first round, which is possible. It could, it could just be Byron Murphy because he's the only one I've seen consistently mocked in the first round. Then it's usually A.D. Mitchell, but they've heard that Tapondre Sweat is trending in the right direction. Matt Miller really likes Xavier Worthy potentially sneaking to the first round, but those are guys who have to increase their draft stock and they got to start they got to be trending this entire silly season until the draft byron murphy's your guy so if byron murphy's the only first round pick this, you could have four five guys potentially four guys drafted in that second round like you'll have ad mitchell jt sanders xavier worthy jonathan brooks and Tavondre sweat so if he's the only one you're gonna have a that that, that second round is gonna be the round to watch if they only have one first-round pick. It's a good draft to watch no matter what you are as a Longhorn fan, but that second round, man, it could be a boom round for Texas. Speaking of Jonathan Brooks, he's 59th overall as a prospect by Pro Football Focus Big Board Rankings. They got Tefondre Sweat at 90, which I don't, I don't agree with. I don't respect that ranking at all. They got him with the best grade overall for an interior defense alignment in all of college football, first out of 883, and yet – he got a 91.7, yet they got him 90th coming out. I don't like that. I heard Mel Kuyper talking about Tavondre Sweat this weekend, and Mel Kuyper said, honestly, he might be his top-rated D tackle overall. That means higher than Byron Murphy. Um, so Kuyper loves him. Well, and as you've just said, a lot of things can change here coming up in the next week, right? The combine starts Thursday, runs through next Monday. And if Tavondre goes and shows that, you know, runs those short shuttles and shows the quickness mm -hmm. on top of the girth and the size and the mass – uh, and the strength, yeah, he's going to move up, and Byron Murphy has a chance to do the same thing. Uh, by the way, right on your, your freaks list there from Bruce Feldman, yeah. number one on the list is uh, um, the kid Chop Robinson, the defensive end, the pass rusher from uh, Penn State. Oh, yeah, coming out? Coming out. Yeah. 
Uh, that, that what made him freakish? What do you say? He's bigger than Micah Parsons, nearly as fast, and uh, don't and his bench press of four hundred pounds. So even even the uh, the coaches at Penn State, because like Feldman gets a lot of these from coaches and you know, oh, yeah. the, the SIDs, Insiders. and then uh, but they say he's every bit the athlete Micah Parsons was. Mm, that's scary, and he might be stronger. That's at this crazy. Point. Yeah. Uh, so he's on that list. Byron Murphy third on that list of freaks. Also on that oh, list, yeah. Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State at five. Uh, on the list. Who's course. not working out the combine, he said. How about this? I saw this from Ian Rappaport. Oh, he's morning. not even attending the combine. Yeah, Marvin Harrison likely the top. This is Ian Rappaport. Marvin Harrison Jr. likely the draft's top wide receiver. We'll, we'll do it differently. No agent, no testing at the combine. Probably not at pro day either. He's like, I'm done with it. I ain't doing none <laughs> of it. Watch the film. I ain't doing none of it. And you know what's interesting about that? And I said, I said this when it happened. The Lamar Jackson effect. Now you got big time guys, top five picks, no agent. No, I'm good. Well, especially in the first, first for that first contract. Right? Yeah. You might want one for the next contract, but maybe not. I don't Lamar think Jackson. they will. I think Lamar Jackson will be like, no, nah, I'll get that to my mom. I'm good. I know what I'm negotiating my deal. I don't think they're going to – I think we'll have more and more guys who are not going to sign with agents, period. <laughs> I'll tell you, I think I've they have advisors. This, you may have heard me tell the story before, but our, our friend Dan Neal, of course, the lifetime Longhorn, Longhorn Hall of Honor, yeah. offensive lineman. He, like you, went to the Combine coming out of Texas because he had to go. Oh, right? yeah. He had to go prove himself. He's he an no under, choice. undersized guard. And uh, he, he tells the story that he was in line, this long line to get checked in. And um, Orlando Pace uh, from oh, Ohio State yeah. had driven from Columbus because oh, yeah. Columbus to Indianapolis is not a very far drive. Had driven to Columbus, walked in, looked at the line, and went, said, oh, hell no. Nah. Turned around left. <laughs> Drove back to Columbus. <laughs> went 1-1. One, one. Y'all come see me. Y'all come see me. <laughs> yeah. I ain't going to hell no. Nah. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. And he went 1-1. One, one. Yeah, you go. And went to the Hall of Fame. Trust me. They, it, it, now you got coaches who aren't even going to the combine. Sean McVay never goes. No. Shannon skips well, we send scouts for. Yeah, we send scouts for him. It's really more like I said, it's a TV show. It is. It's more and more of a TV show than ever before, and I think now players are starting to realize it, so they're not throwing at the combine like they used to, and some guys are deciding not to even go. That, that's, that's, that's a first. Mark, he's like, I'm not even going to go. I'm not even going to show my damn Orlando face. Pace no interviews, <laughs> no nothing. You're right. I mean, that's you know what? I respect that for that guy. You got that kind of leverage. I was a jabroni. I didn't have that kind of leverage. Yeah. Uh, uh, Christian Jones uh, ranked 120th, by the way, on these pro football focus big board rankings. Uh, uh, Jalen Ford, 217th. Um, they're really low on Jalen Ford. They got Jordan Whittington, 221st. They also ranked Ryan Watts on here, too. So, uh they, that's I mean that's good for Ryan Watts. He runs well. Ryan Watts got a chance to potentially get drafted late too. I mean because it the, the talent pool uh, at, at, for the draft has shrunk is uh, shrunk because of the um, NIL opportunities at the college level, extra years of eligibility for the college level. So more and more guys are staying in college longer. The underclassmen aren't leaving um, with at the rate that they once were. So the the talent pool is not as deep as it was once. Good stuff there. Behind the burners, Corbin with Rob Babers, uh, weekday morning, 6 to 11, right here on the Horn. All right, uh, let's take our last break. We'll come back, get back to the text line. If anybody, I see a few more here to hit. Uh, if anybody else wants to join, 512 447 3776. We'll hit that and we'll get out of here on a Monday afternoon here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. 
And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk, and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. All right, wrapping things up here on a Monday afternoon. Let's clean up that text line real quick and get to the end of ones uh, we can get to. Uh, Texter says, uh, old man gringo, old music gringo, who played that last song? Haven't heard it in decades, I think. Just curious. Great show. Keep it up. Appreciate that. It was Jay Ferguson with Thunder Island, I believe is what you were going with. Some solid Yacht Rock, Jay Ferguson. You know, the names are just not great showbiz names. It's always good Yacht Rock. Uh, that one was there. Uh, Texter says, regarding the NIL, I wouldn't say I like it. I come from the time of student college athlete, and even though I believe players should be paid, I do not think it should be in the millions. Uh, if that's the case, they give them an employee contract and have them pay for their tuition because they clearly don't care about receiving a college degree, which used to be the compensation for playing. It isn't comforting when college kids are making more than their professors, and you can take this one step further when we are a society that places more emphasis on money on sports than our educators. I agree with that, but the money is in there, and it's like, who are you going to give it to? And the fact is, the professors are not getting it when the players weren't getting paid. They're not going to get it when they are. And if you take out college, a ton of those kids would love to go pro right out of high school and never go to school. The college game would love to have them because it makes the game better. Uh, it's no, There's no perfect system. Uh, I And I think a lot of players would love to have contracts and be fine with that. Uh, I don't think they would mind that one bit. And uh, finally, Dave Ram hits uh, with – pull that up. Uh, since we're a football school, uh, we could exponentially erase whatever progress the program has made after two and three more seasons like this. Uh, look, I'm saying, why are you talking about firing him right now? He has had one season where he is he took over halfway through last season. He got him to the Elite Eight. I know you don't believe he did, but he did. Uh, he also has the number six or seven recruiting class for next season right now uh, ranked. It's like the recruits aren't coming and when no one wants to be here, fine. I'll start listening. We can say, okay, maybe it didn't work out. But, but all this complaining because – some of the players right now are not necessarily performing the way they need to be, and I don't want to take it out on them, but get to the free throw line. Not that difficult. Take it. Be on your back. Hit the ground. Get hurt. Get angry. Because the rest of people are. But I got faith in RT. I got faith in this team still. I'm hoping tomorrow is going to be a lot more fun to watch. I'm hoping. Woo. Thanks so much for everybody joining on the text line. Always love hanging out with you guys. Man, Chan, uh, great show, PD. Love the passion. Appreciate you there. Appreciate you. Uh, we're going to take off for today. We'll be back tomorrow uh, with more. Until then, uh, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean. We'll see you right back here tomorrow afternoon for more from the Sports Complex.